wanted to do a brief uh, podcast today and read to you and make some comments about uh, H.L. Mencken's obituary of J. Gresham Machen uh, when he died. H.L. Mencken was an atheist uh, and a brilliant one. And he uh, looked at the whole controversy, the whole fundamentalist modernist controversy as kind of a joke uh, because he was, well, an atheist. But I've been listening to Daryl Hart's uh, lecture series through Machen uh, on, on Machen that's available on Apple Podcasts, and it's, it's free, and it's outstanding. And there's so many great quotes, and I, I've listened to the whole series probably three times now because <laughs> it's so good. And now that I finally uh, have sat down and started taking notes while listening to it, in addition to just some of the other stuff I'm doing, uh, pardon me, um, he was quoting from Mencken, not Machen, but Mencken, H.L. Mencken was his name the atheist, his obituary of Machen. And now Machen died in 1937, and this was published in the Baltimore Evening Sun newspaper uh, on January 18th, 1937. And the reason I wanted to read this is because Mencken, the atheist, although he obviously disagreed with Machen, and Mencken was a, was a God-hater and was a, uh, a mocking uh, atheist critic of, of Christianity, he respected what what Machen stood for. He respected how learned Machen was. And even Mencken, this atheist, understood Machen was really not a fundamentalist. He was a Calvinist. And Machen himself did not like the label fundamentalist. He said, I don't think of myself as a fundamentalist. I am a Calvinist. I'm a Presbyterian. And so that's what made Machen... Machen stand out uh, in the mind of this brilliant atheist. But I want to go ahead and just read this. I'm not going to read the entire obituary, but some of the key paragraphs, which is the majority of it. Listen to this very incisive, <laughs> brilliant atheist writing an obituary of a man he vehemently disagreed with, J. Gresham Machen, but admired. Listen. The Reverend J. Gresham Machen, Doctor of Divinity, who died out in North Dakota on New Year's Day, got, on the whole, a bad press while he lived, and even his obituaries did much less than justice to him. To newspaper reporters, as to other antinomians, a combat between Christians over a matter of dogma is essentially a comic affair. And in consequence, Dr. Machen's heroic struggles to save Calvinism in the Republic were usually depicted in ribald, what that means, the, the word ribald, uh, R-I-B-A-L-D, means amusingly coarse or irreverent. So Machen's struggles to save Calvinism in the Republic in America were usually depicted in amusingly coarse and irreverent, uh, or at all events in somewhat skeptical terms. The generality of readers, I suppose, gathered thereby the notion that he was simply another fundamentalist on the order of William Jennings Bryan, and the Simeon faithful of Appalachia. Now listen to this, says Mencken, the atheist. But he was actually a man of great learning, and what is more, of sharp intelligence. Okay, so Mencken was bright enough to realize Machen was no William Jennings Bryan, and he was not a fundamentalist who lived in the mountains of Appalachia. This man was a brilliant scholar a man of great learning, and as Mencken says, of sharp intelligence. Now listen to what he goes on to say, says the atheist Mencken. 
What caused him to quit the Princeton Theological Seminary and found a seminary of his own was his complete inability as a theologian to square the disingenu disingenuous evasions of modernism with the fundamentals of Christian doctrine. That is amazing to me that Mencken, the atheist, understood this, that modernism was a bunch of, quote, disingenuous evasions. Even, even Mencken, the atheist, understood that. Progressivism, modernism, liberalism, call it what you will, it's disingenuous. It's not taking seriously Christianity, Christian doctrine. Says Mencken, the atheist here. He saw clearly that the only effects that could follow diluting and polluting Christianity in the modernist manner would be its complete abandonment and ruin. Either it was true or it was not true. If, as he believed, as Machen believed, it was true, then there could be no compromise with persons who sought to whittle away its essential postulates, however respectable their motives. Thank you, H.L. Mencken, the atheist. Thank you, sir. He saw this. You can't compromise with people that want to whittle away the essentials of the faith, no matter how respectable their motives might be. Now listen to Mencken, the atheist, quote, Thus, Machen fell out with the reformers who have been trying, by the way, the reformers here are the liberals. He's identifying them as the reformers. Thus, he fell out with the liberals who have been trying in late years to convert the Presbyterian church into a kind of literary and social club devoted vaguely to good works. <laughs> I mean, does this guy see it clearly or not? I mean, that's amazing to me. An atheist saw that, that these reformers, and by reformers, he's referring to the liberals who were annihilating the entire Christian faith. He saw they were trying to convert the Presbyterian church into a literary and social club devoted vaguely to good works. Wow. It says Mencken here about Machen. Most of the other Protestant churches have gone the same way. But Dr. Machen's attention as a Presbyterian was naturally concentrated upon his own connection, i.e. the Presbyterian Church. His one and only purpose was to hold the church resolutely to what he conceived to be the true faith. When that enterprise met with opposition, he fought vigorously. And though he lost in the end and was forced out of Princeton, it must be manifest that he marched off to Philadelphia with all the honors of war. My interest in Dr. Machen while he lived, though it, was, uh, th though it was large, was not personal, for I never had the honor of meeting him. Moreover, the doctrine that he preached seemed to me, and still seems to me, to be excessively dubious. So Mencken, the atheist, obviously detests uh, what Machen stood for. But listen, quote, I stand much more chance of being converted to spiritualism, to Christian science, or even to the New Deal. Uh, uh, FDR's New Deal, than to Calvinism, which occupies a place in my cabinet of private horrors, but a little re removed from that of cannibalism. <laughs> so he's he admires Machen, but Calvinism, that's a little removed from cannibalism. Can I listen to Mencken? He goes on, quote, But Dr. Machen had the same clear right to believe in it that I have to disbelieve in it, and though I could not yield to his reasoning, I could at least admire, and did greatly admire, his remarkable clarity and cogency as an apologist, allowing him his primary assumptions. That, it seems to me, 
is what modernists have done. I just edited out a bunch of paragraphs. No doubt with the best intentions in the world. They have tried to get rid of all the logical difficulties of religion and yet preserve a genuine, a generally pious cast of mind. It is a vain enterprise. Do you hear that? The modernists have tried to get rid of all the difficulties of religion while maintaining a pious mindset. And Mencken, the atheist, recognizes you can't do that. It's a vain enterprise. You can't do that. Pardon me. He continues. What they have left, once they have achieved their imprudent scavenging, is hardly more than a row of hollow platitudes as empty of psychological force and effect as so many nursery rhymes. He's right! You get rid of the virgin birth, you get rid of the inspiration of scripture, you get rid of the substitutionary atonement, you get rid of the biblical concepts of heaven and hell and salvation from sin and reconciliation with God and all the rest of it and the Christian church and the means of grace. What's left but a bunch of hollow platitudes as empty of psychological force and effect as so many nursery rhymes? He's right. It says Mencken, he goes on here about Machem. They may be good people and... They may even be contented and happy, but they are no more religious than Dr. Einstein. Religion is something else again. In Henrik Ibsen's phrase, something far more deep down diving and mud upbringing. Now listen to this last uh, couple sentences here. Dr. Manchin cried to impress that obvious fact upon his fellow adherents of the Geneva Mohammed. You know who he's referring to there? Who's the Geneva Mohammed? That's John Calvin. He, he recognized when you read Machen, you get Calvinism. You get full force, reformed, fully biblical Christian theology. He called, Listen to that. I love that sentence. Dr. Machen tried to impress that obvious fact, the, the fact that you can't have any kind of true religion without divine revelation and without believing it's actually true, all you're left with is, is what sounds like nursery rhymes if you get rid of it. Machen tried to impress that obvious fact upon his fellow adherents of the Geneva Mohammed, meaning Calvin and Calvinism, of course. He failed, but he was undoubtedly right. Wow. Sometimes you gotta let an atheist from the outside, say what the progressives and liberals on the inside seem determined to stay oblivious to. You can't get rid of, and I would translate that into our own day, into our own day, with the progressives that are slowly but surely, or in some places quickly, taking over what's left of reformed uh, the adherence of the Geneva Mohammed of Calvinism that's left in America today. You can't get rid of the biblical doctrine of sin and you can't get rid of the exclusive claims of Christ, and you can't get rid of biblical church government and polity when it comes to who you can ordain. Um, you can't ordain women to either office, elder, or deacon. No matter how much you massage the word of God, you cannot make the husband of one wife into a woman. Okay, you can't have deaconesses and elderesses. As one, of, one of my kids says, what do you call a woman pastor? A pastoress? I said, no, there is no word for that because it doesn't exist in Scripture. You can't do that. You can't get rid of those things and still have Christianity. See, I have a lot more respect for the people that simply discard the Christian faith and say, I don't believe it anymore, rather than trying to, to bring this progressive liberal garbage into it and, and try to 
to transform Christianity into something that is, you know, a little bit, uh, maybe one rung above nursery rhymes. If you get rid of the historical facts, you get rid of the events of history, the incarnation of the Son of God in the person of Jesus Christ. You get rid of his substitutionary atoning death at the cross of Calvary, where the sins of his people were laid upon him and paid for by his shed blood and his death. You get rid of a final day of judgment where everyone that's ever lived in the history of the world is going to be summoned forth to hear the verdict, justified or condemned, and go to heaven or hell. You get rid of all of that, what's left? What's left? Dr. Machen tried to impress that obvious fact upon his fellow adherents of the Geneva Mohammed. He failed, but he was undoubtedly right. You see, folks, it's better to be right and to be on the side of God and to be on the side of his word than to be popular. Than to be popular. And I think that's a lesson the church has got to learn. And we've also got to get rid of the myth of influence. Well, if we're bigger, we can have more influence. It's myth. What God wants is not numbers. He just wants faithfulness. And that's what, for my part, with as much as human frailty will, will permit, that's what I strive to do. It's what my few fellow elders strive to do. And that's what I'm going to keep striving to do until I'm dead in the ground, Lord willing. But I wanted to read that. An obituary for Jay Gresham Mason written by an atheist, H.L. Mencken. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for watching or for listening.